you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Friday, February 17th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Those are the voices of today's special guests. Voice number one has the perfect plan for pick number one. The pick belongs to the Chicago Bears, and incidentally, so does the voice. He's the phenom of fantasy. He's Adam Rank. Welcome back to the pod, Adam. Thank you so much. It's nice that David Carr wanted Fridays off again, so I get to work. Last week, he didn't want to. He he wanted to work Friday. (laughs) I'm actually the David Carr of the NFL, where I'm the backup. You've really let yourself go, David. (laughs) Voice number two belongs to a man who is hosting NFL Total Access, the broadcast today, and he will not be wearing a suit, so don't tune in if that offends you. He'll be rocking his Howard University sweatshirt and maybe even those Howard Air Jordans. He's the chief, NFL Network's chief national reporter. He's Steve Weich. Welcome back to the pod, sir. And if you feel like the David Carr as the backup, then I feel like... The Josh Johnson <laughs> as the backup's backup as MJ and Mike Yam took Friday off. <laughs> a little bit of gripe great. session here. No gripe. No, 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 no. Happy to be here. Every opportunity. Yes, yes, yes. Plus, we're here on HBCU Day. We're going to talk about the Legacy Bowl. We are going to talk about HBCU Combine. Day. Let's do this. Okay. Well, I, okay. Let's get to that. For, but first question: Life as a grandfather, right yes. at this very moment, in five words or fewer, what are they? Everything grandparents say it is. Wow, look at that. All right, that's a tough act to follow. Get ready for yours. Uh, But HBCU Combine begins Monday at the home of the Saints on the practice field in New Orleans. Steve, this feels significant. Where does your mind go when you ponder this second annual HBCU Combine and, of course, the Legacy Bowl, second annual Legacy Bowl coming up on the 25th? So there will be 53 participants from historically black colleges and universities 53 significant. That's the number of an active roster in the NFL. Um, some of these players, all, almost every team will be there. 
And then that is followed up by the HBCU Legacy Bowl, the second annual Legacy Bowl, where 100 draft-eligible prospects from historically black colleges will have a week of practices and then a game Saturday. Kind of set, set up like the Senior Bowl. At the inaugural Legacy Bowl last year, more than 30 players got at least rookie camp tryouts. Several made practice squads. Deshaun Dixon, an outside linebacker from Norfolk State, made the Jaguars' active roster. So that, on top of four players from HBCUs getting drafted last year, uh, is an actual uh, significant improvement over where things stood in about 2021, where only one player had been drafted from HBCUs the previous two seasons. What's your What's your ceiling? How How many? What's What's the number you'd like to see drafted? What's What's realistic? What's the hope? What's the dream? Well, I mean, l- let's go up. Let's go five or six drafted. Yep. But more than anything, get guys into camp to yes. give them opportunities because yes. a lot of these guys will be bottom end guys, kickoff returners, special teams players, depth guys. It is the opportunity. Look at how many players like an Everson Walls, who went to a historically black college, who was undrafted, right, who is now in the Black College Football Hall of Fame. Several undrafted players from HBCUs made it into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It is just about the opportunity, as the great Grambling legend Eddie Robinson said. Brilliant. Adam, life as a Bears fan, right at this very moment, in five words or fewer. The future is bright. Love that. He went four. So, you know, I mean, he I like was that. even more efficient than you. Economy, Although, syntactically, of, I liked yours. Economy of language. Of words. On today's show, I'm going to make good on my promise from Wednesday. When I said, you saw how Super Bowl 57 looked, today you will hear how it sounded under the helmet. But not just any helmet. The helmet's worn by Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Jalen Hurts and Brandon Graham. It's crazy good stuff. I'll have that for you in a little bit. But first... This. With the first pick. Ah, that annual and familiar phrase, one that we will be hearing 69 days from today in Kansas City. I assume the parade route beer cans will be cleaned up by then. Possible. Um, when the Chicago Bears, your Chicago Bears, Adam Rank, will right. be invited to make the very best of their time on the clock. Adam Rank, as our resident Bears sufferer, sorry. Bears supporter, ah. what is your perfect plan for your Bears? And when you answer, please consider the following subset questions in your answer. In your scenario, is there consideration for the trading of one Justin Fields? Huh. Two, are you a fan of trading down? And three, why are you so obsessed with the 2024 draft when the rest of us just want to talk about the 2023 draft? The mic is yours. I can't wait for the Bears to trade out of this pick. So all the hot take shows can stop the, hey, what if Justin Fields got traded for this? Or Justin Fields doesn't want to play here. And I know a lot of people are taking the soundbite from the Pardon My Take podcast that Justin Fields was a part of where they asked him about playing in a dome in Arlington Heights. And he said, oh, I'd love to play in a dome. He's not afraid of the cold weather. But he was led to this question, and everybody's pulling out a little soundbite that he doesn't like the cold. Talk to most NFL players. They don't I want believe to play he said, I don't like to play in the cold, which I think we can interpret as him nodding, not liking to play in the cold. But to, to be fair, you're absolutely right, Steve. Who does? You know play what? I, so I, don't equivocate. He did say I, what he said. I also like using indoor restrooms. So I think that we we need to get our stadiums up to the standard. Why do you, They don't have stadium. They don't Is have that a Super fair Bowl. point? It's a funny point. It's the best point. And I will say this, though. For the Chicago Bears, when it comes to the draft, I did intimate trading down. Now, our friend Chad Reuter 
has put out an article on NFL.com where he has a, a scenario where the Bears trade down twice. They trade down to number two with the Houston Texans and then still entice the Colts to trade up to number two to get a quarterback who would end up being the second choice there. Steve, we heard earlier today, I believe, or maybe the maybe he put the feelers out earlier, Jim Ursay of the aforementioned Colts suggesting and reminding people of his relationship with the Bears, suggesting that he's going to be ready to he's going to be ready to make a deal with your Chicago Bears. Right. But I assume it's your Bears hopes that Houston is willing to play ball first. Yeah. So they get a little value for that one to two swap, right. then get some two to four play as well soon thereafter. What do they do with the pick in your estimation? Mm-hmm. So they trade down. You let's like say, Chad Reuter's scenario. Let's trade say, down twice. Yes. So that 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 so one of the subset questions has now been answered. Is there consideration for the trading of Justin Fields? No. Absolutely. Is not. it a moronic question to ask? I don't understand it. Do you understand it? No, I think it's idiotic. I think it's idiotic too. It's so let's just thing. agree the three of us we're We've, no longer we're no longer going to talk about it. I will tell you this. And my, my father would know this a little bit better than me. But in my lifetime, the the three best quarterbacks in Bears history. Yes. In my lifetime. Jim McMahon. Yep. Jay Cutler and Walter Payton on the hatback option. There you go. And that's the list. <laughs> that's the list. And Bob Avellini right now is not happy with you. I, he's not in my lifetime. <laughs> oh, yes. He did say in his lifetime. In sure. my lifetime. In my dad's lifetime, sure. Bobby Douglas, all those guys. <laughs> Sid Luckman. We yeah, I was about to there. say, what about Sid Fair Luckman? Enough. My dad has a different list than me. I will say this, though. We finally get a guy, and everybody loves him. You listen on Radio Row, you gronk to anybody who's asked about Justin Fields. Everybody loves him. And yet, everybody wants to trade him. And it makes no sense to me. We've waited so long for a quarterback. And this was the guy that I wanted. If you go back and you look at, you know, I've got plenty of receipts of this. I like Justin Fields coming into the draft. I thought he was one of the most accomplished quarterbacks. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence was going to be the number one guy. There was no debate about that. But to me, Justin Fields was the next guy. That's the guy the Jets should have picked. I was about to say, the 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 Jets had picked him at two? The 49ers could have picked him. People see the Falcons. The Falcons, Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, the Denver Broncos. Okay, so the what-if game only benefits you because you had the temerity and the wherewithal to grab him. Good for you. The answer to the question, is there consideration for the trading of number one, for the trading of Justin Fields? The answer is absolutely not. I believe you called it moronic. Good for you. So lastly, why are you so obsessed with the 2024 draft when the rest of us are focused on the 2023 draft. Here's the thing. I think a lot of people would hope, a lot of Bears fans hope that the, the, the team could somehow get Houston to send 2-12 and 12 for the number one pick. I don't see that happening. No. I want to be more realistic. Two, your second round pick, yep. which would kind of replace the one that you used to get Chase Claypool, which I think could end up working out. And if you get Houston's second round pick, then everything's great. Everything's gravy. The team's in a good spot. If you could somehow get the Colts to jump up from four, four to two, you're now in the two. You're the hoping two that they will include their 2024 number one pick, which might or might not be realistic. But if you got a team like the Carolina Panthers, and if you had to drop down to eight, if you had to drop down to 11, and you could still do this if you have the number, but still dropping down to eight or 11 with the Tennessee Titans or a team like that, the expectation those is the number one pick comes out of that. Yeah. Those teams would have to give up a number one pick next season, at least, to get to that spot. Which would give you how many first-round picks in 2024? You want, you want at least two. And that two gives you the equity, gives you the, the trade value to go get one Caleb Williams? Is that, is well, that what you're angling okay. at? Now, if something happens 
with Justin Fields and it doesn't work out, then yes, you're equipped to go out there and move up possibly to get Caleb Williams or maybe a different scenario, Marvin Jones Jr. Marvin Jones Jr. I like that. It's the same type of scenario you saw the Dolphins pull yeah. off. Remember, they, had, they, they did this. They acquired two number ones in this year's draft just in case Tua didn't work out. Now, they lost one of those number ones because of the tampering violation yes. that came down on owner Stephen Ross. But that's something they did. It is also the same ammunition that the Eagles had and still have going into this draft to keep on doing certain things. Remember last year, New Orleans came and got their pick, I believe. Chris Olave. Yeah. So they've got that ammunition. So I, I think those scenarios, that's kind of a model if you can do it and if you need to do it. But I think the Bears getting trading twice out of this is actually a realistic situation. Okay, love that. Love that for you. And forgive me for even asking the question about Caleb Williams, because in your scenario, well, no, it is, I mean, this is the long play here is Justin Fields. So this is not about Caleb. This is just about maximizing next year's first round. Yeah, because the Bears are not going to be a realistic Super Bowl contender next season. I think they could compete to win nine games. Be they, hey, we kind of snuck into the playoffs type of team. The Super Bowl is a ways away, which is why you want to start looking long term, which is why you want additional picks, not only this season, but 2024. And as many draft pieces that you can get, you're going to need to go out there and acquire. And I think that we have a lot of confidence in, and people ask me, like, why do you, why do you like Ryan Poles so much? And it's like, I don't know. Ryan Poles and assistant GM Ian Cunningham came from the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles, which not coincidentally, we're in the Super Bowl this year, yeah. and they're going to try to build through the trenches. We saw it last year with the pick of Braxton Jones, an athletic guy. Now, obviously, he needs to get a little bit stronger, but an athletic guy, and we're going to see a lot of things. The team-building skills from both of those guys and both of those teams is obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's the standard, certainly the current standard. And let's not forget, how many, how many games did your Bears win this season? Three. Three seasons ago, how many games did the Philadelphia Eagles win when they were dead last in the NFC yeah. East? They won four games yep. that year, and two seasons later, they were on the threshold of, of history. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were every bit the Super Bowl champion had they not been playing a guy who wore number 15 on his white jersey. Well, I mean, a lot of it is, you know, because they built up yeah. the trade capital, the trade equity, and the cap space to, to go out and make a deal to get an A.J. Brown, to hit in the draft on a guy like Devontae Smith, on Jalen Hurts, and to be very creative deeper in the draft to, to get in on someone like Kenneth Gainwell and players like that who've been very, very productive. Yeah, without a doubt. Last question to you, Adam. Let's say that the trade down to two with the Texans comes off, and then the trade down from two to four with the Colts comes off. Are you trading down again with four? It. You I would, would like that. to. Yeah. Let's say that you don't. Who do you want at number four? Or what position group do you want to address? Whichever defensive player the Cardinals don't pick would be the guy. They well, that means well, Will Anderson's coming at three. So then you're probably, or they're going to take the D-line from Georgia. So yeah. one of those two players. And, and I think the Bears right there, you talk about the team building that, that Poles and Cunningham have. Those two players fit the model correctly. Love that for you. Yeah. Yeah, big time. Very excited about it. Next topic is really a question, but it's with regards to a hire. Steve... Weich, this is coming to you first. A hire that, as a Commanders fan, I'm thrilled to hear is in the works. It's not official yet. But also a hire that, as a fan of great deeds and an admirer of extraordinary accomplishments, I am somewhat puzzled by. The man in question, Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator of the defending champion, 
the current champion, I should say, Kansas City Chiefs. He is the veteran of five straight AFC championship games. This man has never coached a road playoff game, unless you consider, of course, the three Super Bowls of which he won (laughs) two. Why is a man of this rather showy resume, Steve Weich, making what has to be considered at the best a lateral move, unless you're comparing franchises, in which case it has to be considered, and I'm a Commanders fan saying this, a step back. What's going on here? I, I would agree with that, the step back part. Um, look, it's, it's pretty obvious. You look at the, the, the coaches of color, the handful of coaches of color who've gotten head coaching jobs, they're calling the defensive side of the ball, right? When it comes to the offensive coaches, everyone wants a coach who looks like Sean McVay, comes from his tree or from a similar system. You're seeing the hires. Oh, wait, Eric didn't call plays. Well, Zach Taylor didn't call plays. Oh, but he coached with Sean McVay, right? It's, it's just interesting when you look. Now, I know Mike McDaniel is, is biracial and he came from the Shanahan tree, but he identifies as biracial, not as black. His choice, that's fine. Um, but race absolutely comes into this when it comes to Eric Bieniemy. There are so many people with far lesser credentials who've gotten opportunities to coach teams, good, bad, or indifferent, that this is a damn shame. Bienemy's been coaching in the NFL since 2006. He's checked every box. This is the only, I, I'll say every box, but this one that's coming up potentially in Washington, is that is of a play caller. He checks that box and doesn't get a head job. Then all the NFL teams need to just go ahead and put white drinking fountains and black drinking fountains in front of their head coach's front door. So it is not overstating it for me to infer, or you know, doesn't really take much of an inference here. You are saying that for him, he is being held to a higher standard, that the goalposts are on the move, that this is simply, this is simply a, a dance around the fact that we don't want to hire this man as a head coach, so he has to prove himself one more time, one last time, before that really becomes an actual opportunity for Eric Bieniemy. I mean, look, we don't have to say just him. Look, Steve Wilkes. Right? Steve Wilkes went from D.C. to interim H.C. to now having to go to San Francisco as their D.C. After getting one year to fail with the Arizona Cardinals, where Cliff Kingsbury got time, right? He's gone. And, and so you just look across the board. It is the same playbook that's happening. Now, Eric gets to go to, to Washington and call plays. But who's his quarterback? That's a right. Very this good is question. this is the last place team in the NFC yes, East. Yes, it is. Yeah. Right. Ron Rivera could be on the Green Mile entering the season if there's an ownership change. Could that be a good thing for Eric Bieniemy? Could he be How? in the catbird seat, ready to assume no, no. the mantle of leadership no. in Washington? Ownership? Why not? not? No ownership. When when is ownership promoted from its own staff to the situation? We just saw what happened. In Denver, Ejiro ever Could that be the unspoken subtext to this hire, though? What? Assuming that Ron Rivera is on the green mile and that you've got a guy who deserves to be a head coach right there ready to go. No. I mean, look, it depends on who the ownership group is. Is that rather fanciful thinking on my part? Yes. It's Pollyannish. I will put it that way. Fair enough. Say it. It's what ownership group? And you think about this ownership group that just came into Denver that's got Condoleezza Rice. It's got a lot of minority people in their ownership group and leadership group, right? They had Ajira Ivira, one of the brightest defensive minds in the NFL, had a great defense up there, could have hired him. It was Sean Payton. I, I, I don't begrudge that. Sean Payton is an established head coach with all the credentials who you do that. But nobody else hired 
Vero. Like nobody, how the hell wasn't Steve Wilkes interviewed for every head coaching job, right? It is, it is amazing that Eric Bieniemy. I think, did he have a head coaching opportunity interview this yeah. year? I think he had one, maybe two. And they, go, and they go because the Chiefs are playing in the Super Bowl, and they're like, well, we don't get an opportunity to interview him, which is BS. Well, I, I will say this. The process has slowed down with some of the changes to the, to the Rooney rule. Like, there wasn't the rush to hire this guy early. So that's been great, but the end result was still the same. Yeah. Now, we are still we're seeing more coordinated of color get hired. It looks like Thomas Brown, who Sean McVay has passed over twice to be his offensive coordinator. I don't want to hear a bunch of stuff going on with the Rams about how progressive they are. Yeah. Because this is a guy Sean McVay has talked up to be one of the most brilliant minds in football. He's passed him over twice, hires Mike McDaniel, his boy from the Jets, who was just fired for supposed ineptitude up there. But anyway, Thomas Brown looks like he's going to be OC under Frank Reich in Carolina. And Frank Reich is building a world beater of a staff. Mm-hmm. Remember Jim Caldwell, Dom Capers are yeah. coming in as assistants. He hired Aviro Ejiro to be his DC. But you're seeing just kind of a shell game still being played. It's three-card Monty. Who can find? Who's telling the truth? Who's hiding what? But t- you know, two times out of three, you're going to come up with the wrong answer. Is there any upside to this move for Eric Bieniemy? Yeah. I mean, he gets, he gets Washington to the playoffs. Brian Robinson is, is a candidate for an MVP for running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for MVP, the great running back there. They get this offense together with regardless of who's quarterback. I mean, we, we saw Mike Zimmer have to go through similar crap for years, having great defenses in Dallas, in Atlanta, in Cincinnati before he got an opportunity where he said to prove himself 10 million times. One of the things that I like about what I hear about Eric Bieniemy, obviously it's easy to look at that glittering resume and think we've got ourselves a surefire winner because he certainly seems to be. But I also hear that his attention to detail is unmatched and that he's a bit of a hard ass. And it oh, seems to me a bit. <laughs> it seems to me that this Washington franchise could use a little bit of that right now. Look, there, here, here's what I'll say about the hard ass stuff because they're hard ass. You know, Sean McDermott's a hard ass for the Bills, but you know you have to be careful, intentional, and wise on how and when you are that hard ass, right? And, and that's something Eric has had to learn throughout his career. The tough guy stuff only works with certain people so many times. Yeah, right. You can't you can't be that dude all the time. But Eric is wiser. You're not coaching for Andy Reid that long unless you do pay attention to detail, right? That's what he is. If you're slack, you're out. So the fact that Andy has given his endorsement as long as he has, as strongly as he has, and people still aren't listening, yet Bill Belichick can make a call and say, hey, my special teams coordinator, Joe Judge, is that dude and gets hired right away? Come on. Come on. Talk about goalposts moving. Man, those things are on roller skates going downhill. So good news for Washington is actually bad news for the NFL community today. Can I if if Washington that? hires him, if that's done, we'll see. Eric Bieniemy, welcome to D.C. If it does happen, I'm so thrilled to have you. If it does happen again, let's let's make sure that we qualify that. This is a hire that is being talked about, has been talked about, and apparently there is a deal in the works. We will update you as soon as we know more. Obviously, go to NFL.com, and you can go to NFL Network for the very latest on Eric Bieniemy and, of course, all other coaching moves in the NFL, all of which makes sense, of course. Right, Steve Watch? Yeah. <laughs>
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like worthington and liz claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes and stafford and mutual weave for him style and comfort for all even big and tall plus even more for the whole family like levi's and exertion here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors jc penny make everybody count You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. With me today, the chief national reporter of NFL Network, Steve Weich, and the phenom of fantasy, and one hell of an analyst, I got to say, Adam Rank. And the next question is this. Gentlemen, is the San Francisco 49ers 2023 starting quarterback already on the roster? If not, who is it? And if so, who is it? Brock Purdy or Trey Lance? I'll start with you, Steve. Yes, he's on the roster. He's on the roster. He's on the roster. I mean, look, everything is contingent on Brock Purdy. And what's the young man's name? It's Brock Purdy? Well, it's contingent on his on his injury. Okay. Right, he's having surgery next week. They may go in there and be like, woo, the elbow's jacked up. We have to go to Tommy John. He's out for eight or nine months. Oh, so as we understand it right there, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but so we know that it's a UCL, the yep. ulnar collateral ligament. ligament. Yep. Now, normally we associate that with pitchers and typically an injury to that ligament other than the sprain that we saw from Josh Allen, but uh, a real damaging injury to that ligament usually requires very invasive, long 10-month rehab surgery called Tommy John surgery. What we are hearing is that this is a sixth-month a six-month turnaround on what Brock Purdy is undergoing. They're going to go in, check it out, clean it up a little bit. Six months from now, he should be okay. What does that tell you about the QB battle, though, in San Francisco? Well, here's the thing. I mean, Trey Lance is healthy, right? He had, well, for most healthy, he hurt, his, he hurt his ankle. He's on the mend. He's on the mend. He hurt his ankle week two. Had to have two surgeries on that ankle. But, you know, we were talking about this earlier, Adam. 
Trey Lance is going to be getting all the offseason snaps. Yeah. Whether Brock Purdy is out for four, five, six, ten months, Trey Lance is going to get the majority of the offseason snaps. So not an insignificant detail. Not an insignificant. No. Not an insignificant detail, especially if most of his receivers are there. The Brandon Ayukes, Debo Samuel, yes sir, Christian McCaffrey, yes sir, are there in camp. George Kittle, right, to to get that chemistry going. He has seen this guy come in off the street and take his job, and clearly is the is the favorite with the coaching staff to take the job. So if he's not motivated that way to get his game better and to improve, then he's not your guy. But I think he's going to step up. And here's something. I, I was just doing some research getting ready for the show. Since 2020, right, which was Trey Lance's last year at North Dakota State when he yeah. played just one game because yeah, of COVID. Yeah, I was looking at this too. He has five starts. Five starts, including two last year and two as a rookie. Since 2020, Brock Purdy has 33 starts. 25 at Iowa State. Eight this year, including three postseason games. Correct. Trey Lance still has not played much football in his life. He is still moldable clay with all the physical specs. So it is going to be very interesting. Again, I think Purdy is the guy who the coaching staff likes, who the teammates like, if he's healthy. But Trey Lance has an opportunity here to show himself. Brock Purdy in the regular season went 5-0. and He had a 67.1 completion Percentage, 1,374 yards. That means very little to me with such with only five starts. But you do the math. It's not bad. Uh, more impressive to me, 13 touchdowns against only four picks. In yep. the playoffs, the three games that you mentioned, Steve, of course, he was 2-1. and one. It's almost unfair to, to slap him with that loss when you consider what happened in that game. But 65.1% completion percentage in the playoffs when it mattered most. Three touchdowns against zero picks and a 110 passer rating based on what we saw Adam Rank on the field. The scenario that Steve paints is very interesting. Yeah. Trey Lance getting all of those off-season snaps. You tend to, what, what did we hear in uh, Silence of the Lambs? You covet what you see every day. You yeah. see this man every day. Suddenly, you start to attach your vision of what this team can be with who? Trey Lance. Why? He's taking the snaps. And there's a reason you made a move to get him in the first place. His skill set fits what Kyle Shanahan likes to do and wants to do. But can you deny the proof that we saw on the field from the nine-year-old Brock Purdy? Nine-year-old. <laughs> Hey, 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 hang on a second, Dad, real quick for your answer. What about Levy's recall of the Silence of the Lamb That's a big one. drop right there? <laughs> that like, is pretty the good. Dome. That's impressive. <laughs> that is very impressive. I'm blown away. Like okay. I, you know, bit, a bit of a dark reference, though, isn't <laughs> it? Like I could yeah. probably, I could probably have made that you a little bit more joyful. You want me to hot tub time machine? I'm in. <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. I have no recollection of this. Can you deny? Can the front office? Can Kyle Shanahan? Can this team deny what they saw from Brock Purdy on the field? And maybe more importantly, what we heard about him in the huddle. This is a man who does not shrink from the moment. Obviously, if Brock Purdy was not injured, I don't even think this is a question. I think he would go into the offseason saying, Brock Purdy's our guy. We're moving forward with him. But the UCL injury, and maybe perhaps I've spent too much time enjoying baseball, that concerns me. I can't think of anybody, especially a pitch. The only, the only guy who had Tommy John surgery and then played the following season was Shohei Otani, and only because he was a designated hitter. Right. He, he did he not pitch. Yeah. Hey, he's back-to-back MVP. Oh, right. <laughs> well, should have been. Well, yeah, I was about to I, say. I was about to say. Uh, uh, was just major. I, again, talking about coveting what you see all the time. <laughs> Here's my thing, though. But as Steve lays it out, 
This is an opportunity for Trey Lance to go out there and reclaim the job that was once his. But the thing with Trey Lance is that, again, five starts since 2020. Yeah, including like his last college start. There, yeah. There is not a lot to work. There has been a lot of, like, this could be good. This, this should be good. It's like one of those situations where John Candy was always going to be a major movie star, but was always kind of a secondary guy. Like, he was great in planes, trains, and automobiles. Yes. But he was never like Those the, aren't the pillows. Major, yeah. Oh, man, I thought you were going Patrick Swayze in the uh, Swayze? Chippendales bit on SNL. I can't oh. quote that. Oh, yes, of course. That was- <laughs> <laughs> uh, love me some Swayze. Come on, kid. Oh, R.I.P. Patrick Swayze. Uh, the Dalton, the double deuce. And so... I think that this is a, Roadhouse, a chance. Roadhouse, Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Okay, Everybody's gotcha, gotcha, Roadhouse. Gotcha, gotcha. This is an opportunity for Trey Lance to go out and finally show, not only just express that he has potential, but he has to show it. But mm-hmm. how good would he have to be in training camp to take the job back from somebody who has given his coaches all of this tape, including playoff tape, to believe in, to you count got, on, you to, be to build around. Well, you I don't be, know about build around. They already did the building. You got to be undeniable. You have to be so overwhelmingly good because I think they already know. You have what to be Russell have, Wilson right? rookie year good. Come in, the job is yours. Yes, and it's one of those situations where they these coaches get an instinct and they know who they want in. Now, remember when Tom Brady got his opportunity? A lot of people forget this. You obviously don't. But a lot of people forget he was injured in the AFC uh, Championship I'll let the record game. show that when Adam said you Blood's obviously okay, don't, right. he was pointing at Steve Weich, yeah. not me. I don't, <laughs> no, please, go ahead. I don't know. Listen, I don't By know. all means. But Bledsoe finished that game. Bledsoe finished the game, won it. And that was a season. That was coming off the 9-11 season, which meant there was no break. There was no two-week break yeah. in between the Super Bowl. They were playing the championship game. Seven days later was the Super Bowl. And there was a big question of yeah. who was going to be the starting quarterback. And Bill Belichick ultimately went with Tom Brady. History was different. That's the way it goes. And I believe that if Brock Purdy was able to arrive in training camp healthy and ready to go, based in despite what uh, Trey Lance would have to be so good in the OTAs to move ahead of him, that I think that Brock Purdy would be given every chance to go out there and win it. And based on what we saw this season, I think he would ultimately be the victor. It, I, it, if that scenario played out, if Purdy were healthy, again, we're playing hypothetical. Yes. Now we're talking about which one is trade bait. You're absolutely right. We are talking about that. But I will say this. I think that Trey Lance may, you know how that, you always hear, uh, he, gives, he must give good meeting. You know, how did he get that job? He must give really good meeting. Well, let me tell you something. There's something about the eye test for watching Trey Lance play. You watch him throw the ball. You watch him move the pocket. You, sh- you see his electricity that he has in his feet and, yes, in his arm. That's the kind of thing that could have people seduced in the best way yeah. for all the right reasons. Um, in a training camp scenario that, Steve, you pay, you create for us. I find that fascinating. Time will tell, of course. We certainly wish Brock Purdy a quick, uh, hasty recovery from his surgery, which is happening, what, next on the week. 22nd? Yep, next 22nd. Uh, do well under the knife, young man. And, hey, so the answer to the question, is the San Francisco 49ers starting quarterback on the roster, both Adam Rank and Steve White say the answer is yes. How do you solve a problem like Zach Wilson? That is the next question, although maybe it isn't. Let me give you the context. The context is this. News that Derek Carr is visiting with the Jets this weekend. Can you envision Derek Carr in gangrene? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's necessarily their priority. And and this is one where Derek, being a free agent, he gets to say, is gangrene my best situation? Yes, yes. See, see, and that's what's different. He gets to suss them out, not the other way around. Correct. If Aaron Rodgers or somebody who gets traded there, that's a different type of scenario. 
has yeah. a history with Robert Sala, family friend, known him for a long time. Sala, of course, uh, was with David in Houston right. all those years back. Todd Downing, maybe the more important name. Correct. Todd Downing, who's our passing game coordinator, was a position coach with the Raiders early in Derek's career. The Raiders, the best season Derek's had was with Bill Musgrave as the OC. Musgrave was kind of a tough guy. We talked about being me earlier. Yes. Derek liked Downing's demeanor. Next thing you know, Musgrave. Is no longer with the Raiders. Downing comes in, gets one year with Derek because Jack Del Rio and that staff get blown out yep. for John Gruden. Um, that clearly could be a factor into this. And I, and I like the fact that both sides are kicking the tires on sure, the scenario. Because sure. there's no guarantee that Aaron Rodgers is going to go there. And then, then what, Jimmy Garoppolo? Such an interesting dynamic, yeah. though, isn't it? Because Nathaniel Hackett, of course, the supposed Aaron Rodgers whisperer, is in New York with the Jets. How'd that work out for him? As, is, as <laughs> is Todd Downing of the alleged Derek Carr whisperer. In New York with the Jets, in Jersey with the Jets. Sorry, Jersey. Um, Salah had Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, yeah. yes, he did. Very interesting. Okay, what about this? Um, is Salah on a shorter leash than ever before? Is he, yeah, but you better I, win but now or you won't last the season or you've got well, one more season to prove it? I think he's got a season to prove it, but I, I, I think that's regardless, right? Which is kind of unfair to him because last year they showed progress. Yeah. When Mike White was playing well and yeah. early on, despite some of the mistakes by Zach Wilson, when Brees Hall was running the ball well. Yeah. Um, and I think this team is going in the right direction, but he's with an ownership group, Woody Johnson, a family that's quick on the trigger. Yeah, they are. And I think there's a feeling among some of the coaches there, like we've got to win this upcoming season, especially seeing how Miami turned a corner the way it did. You know, New England's kind of on a hamster wheel. We don't know what's going to happen right there. And is Buffalo going to be able, which I think they will, but are they going to be able to continue the magic that they've been making? Very difficult uh, division that the Jets are playing, and obviously that AFC East. How do you solve a problem like Zach Wilson? There was consideration in the meeting today. Somebody had asked Zach Wilson about Derek Carr. And Adam Rank, you quickly came in, which I think was not just the line of the day, but I think there's a certain amount of truth to it. What did you say? Zach Wilson's done? No. What you said was this. You said, I don't care what Zach Wilson has to say. I don't care. In this scenario, you said. Not, not, you, know, you didn't dismiss him as a human being, right. as a person, or as a quarterback. But in this scenario, you said, I don't yeah. care what Zach Wilson has I really to say. don't. Please expound on that. Yeah, I don't care. I really don't care if Zach Wilson's comfortable with Derek Carr coming in or anybody coming in. You've had your opportunity, and you have not made the most of it. And you can sit here, and I know our friend D'Angelo Hall had made some questions about, hey, the coaching staff and everything. Mike White had the same yep. coaches, and they were still 100%. able to find a way to be successful. Zach Wilson, everything that you ever needed to know about Zach Wilson was in that press conference when he was asked, do you owe the defense or anything or anybody an explanation? He's like, no, it's not my fault. Uh, like that, that, that is like a terrible... Like, it was a take, bad answer. It was a bad answer and certainly emblematic of youth and inexperience no, no, and, yes, no, possibly no, a little no, bit of no, immaturity. But no. do you really recognize it as a, no. a character flaw that yes. is disqualifying? Yes. You do. I really do. You know by this point, if you have not figured this out, every other quarterback in the NFL would have hand, hand, handled that answer better. And there are red flags that come up when somebody has an attitude like that and does not see it, like if you're the quarterback, especially for a team like the Jets, which is a high-profile team, you have to be able to take responsibility. And if you are truly a team player, and again, I, don't, I hate to continue to go back to the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields was in a very similar situation where he got up in front of his teammates and apologized after the defense gave up 40 points and Justin Fields started apologizing, was stopped by his teammates and said, we never want to hear you apologize to us again. That was the exact opposite of what happened 
with Zach Wilson. Well, and certainly Justin in a went situ- player to player to do it. Yeah, yeah, he went. He did. He went player to. Player that's very interesting. Ball. And he gave his teammates an opportunity to say, "No, no, no, that's that's on us, not you." Uh, Zach Wilson, of course, gave his teammates an opportunity to say, "What are you saying?" Who is this guy? The old Here's- metric, Stephen. You're a former quarterback. The old metric is when things are wrong, it's me. When things are right, it's we. Right? It's a simple thing it's, to remember. It's, it's a very simple thing. He's been taught that from the time he started to play the position. Here's the other part, besides the bad answer. When he was able to come back in, when Mike White got hurt and they put him back in, they said a Flacco. That was the dullest, deadest huddle. There was no energy. Like these dudes are like, oh, he's back. Yeah. There was nothing. Yeah. And that is a huge determining factor on who your starting quarterback is going to be. It's how the other guys in the huddle respond to you. And the fact is, it clearly isn't about wins and losses. Because don't forget, when Zach Wilson was benched, he had as a starter a 5-2 yeah. and two yeah. record that season. He was a winning quarterback, which right. a lot of teams in the NFL would have been just pining for. You got a 5-2 and two guy ready? Send him our way. But yes, this, this does go deeper than that. Let's get back to Derek Carr before I let you guys go. Derek Carr, you get a sense that he's 31 years old. He turns 32 in March. This is a guy who, after nine years with the Raiders, six different head coaches, by the way, right. with the Raiders in those nine years, a man of his age and experience with his family, he wants to win now, is... This Jets team, is this AFC East Jets team a place where somebody, whether it's Derek or Aaron Rodgers, can win now? Yeah. I mean, I think defensively they're fine. They've Fourth got, best defense in the NFL. Yeah, they've got, they've got some skill position players. They've got to get a little bit better on the offensive line. Uh, look, and Derek, is, he could go to a situation where he doesn't have to be the savior, though. See, I, I think with the Jets, they say we're a quarterback away. Yes. I think if you went to a team like New Orleans, which is in a far easier division in flux, that roster's pretty damn good, mm-hmm. right? They've got a really good defense. Yes, they do. Okay, the offensive line's getting better. They made a couple draft picks last year, which are getting better. He's not necessarily going to be the answer. He's got to be Derek Carr for that team to work, and I think that could be a better scenario. Plus, Adam... They play in a dome. Play in a dome. In New Orleans. I think that's, you know, Dennis Allen was on the Raiders Savvy as his head coach at one point. Mm -hmm. I think that probably makes a lot more sense. When you go to New York, I mean, whether you want to admit it or not, there's a different microscope that's going to go along. Yep. And if you go in there and you start off two and five or two and four, the tenor of that situation is going to be far different than what happens in New Orleans. And you know what? The Bucs were eight and nine last year, right? Was that eight was the number? To win the but, NFC and, South? And, and they couldn't that score. That is correct. Yeah. They couldn't score, and they could not run the ball. Yeah. If they had fallen forward on every run play, they <laughs> would have had What they should have done is the scrum. The they should have done the Eagles scrum on every play. <laughs> Translation, Derek Carr, if you're listening, and of course I know you are. Of course you're listening to this podcast. Translation, they can see you in a Jets uniform. They even like you in a Jets uniform, but they kind of love you. In a Saints uniform, Panth- Panthers uniform wouldn't be bad either. Panthers either. uniform, but is that is that a little is that a little bit of fandom creeping out there for no, you? I don't, I, he wants to win right now. Well, that's one of the. Well, you know that. What's team wrong with well, the, you What's wrong them. with the, the Panthers? Are they ready to win right now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same, same, same issue but, with the division. Fair enough. But this is but this goes back to something we I brought up in the meeting too with you know the Jets. I idealistically, you would love to see him just draft a guy. Like, draft the quarterback, grow, but then Robert like, Sala like, does like they just Didn't did. they just do that? <laughs> what are we talking wrong, about? They picked the wrong guy. They, they, had, wow. they had four opportunities to pick a better They're guy. They're probably and traumatized it. by that, though. They're I not going to want to go I'm back sure to the well, buddy. Are. But when you have not a situation... But listen, the Houston Texans are going to draft a quarterback. The Colts are going to draft a quarterback. 
I am of the mind that the Carolina Panthers I think will. So, too. so by my estimation, that means that Bryce Young probably won to the Texans in your trade down scenario be, as yeah. a Bears. Uh, four moves to two. Jim Irsay and the Colts move to two to pick up C.J. Stroud. Or Will Levis. Or Will Levis. Will Levis goes shortly thereafter, or C.J. Stroud goes shortly thereafter to the Panthers. Somebody yes, could move could up. Be. Yeah, somebody somebody could. could move up. And then you see Anthony Richardson from Florida being the fourth quarterback taken in the top 15. Oh, yeah. You, mean, you talk to people. He's Look, he, he's a project. He's a work in place, but the talent, it's one of these guys where the talent is going to intrigue a quarterback needy team enough to take him early. And it's one of those things too, like this is what what kills me, is that everybody goes in on, you know, Trey Lance, who was a South Dakota guy. He was an SEC quarterback, which to me means a lot. And I think there's an ability for that to translate. I mean, remember Dak Prescott, a lot of people didn't think much of him. Coming out of Mississippi State, drafted in the fourth round, and we see what's been able to happen with him. I think we could have a very similar situation. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. We interrupt this podcast to bring you the sounds of Super Bowl 57. We all watched the game. We saw how it went. We saw how it ended. Final score, Chiefs 38, Eagles 35. It was an epic. It was a classic contest. Some issues with the field. 
couple questions about late officiating, but all in all, man, that was one for the ages. Well, again, you saw how it looked. Now it is time to hear how it sounded. Sure, you heard the broadcast call. You may have even listened to the radio call, but now it is time to get on the field, on the sideline, inside the huddle, and even closer, inside the helmet of guys like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Jalen Hurts and Brandon Graham. We will begin with the vanquished, the valiant but vanquished Philadelphia Eagles. This is what it sounded like under the helmet of number one, Jalen Hurts. For me, the MVP of Super Bowl 57. Jalen, the mic is yours, even if the Lombardi is not. in the fourth quarter all season. All the momentum on the side of the Chiefs right now. First and ten. He is back. He is going deep. He's got Devontae Smith. And Devontae Smith is out of bounds at the one. Out of bounds at the one. Hey, we're going for two. Get your two-point call, Shane. What is it? They push, they sneak, and they're in for the touchdown. They are in for the touchdown. Come on, let's get this two. Let's get this two. In the gun is Hurts. Sanders off his left hip. He gets the ball. He'll run it himself. The five to the near side. Dives. He got in. The two-point conversion. You did it, yo. Hey. Hey. Hey, seven. I need a strip sack right now. I need one right now. 154 to go in Super Bowl 57. The Chiefs have third down and eight. I promise you, we get a stop, we'll we'll chance. We'll go down and score. I promise you. All this come down to this. Right here, boy. Right here. Third and eight. Mahomes takes the snap. He's back. He is firing, and it is incomplete, but there's a penalty flag thrown. And I think it's going to be defensive holding against the Eagles. You are right. Holding, number 24, defense, five-yard penalty, automatic, first down. It's game. We're going to call that? It's game. 148 to go, first down and goal to go at the 10. Set. McKinnon on a counter, left side at the 10. Go down! Angling to the five, and he's going to slide down at the one. Very smart inbounds. And the Chiefs can run the clock. Right now, the Eagles' chances are dim. Here is Butker to attempt a 27-yard field goal. 11 seconds left to go in regulation of Super Bowl 57. It is a 27-yard field goal for the lead. Winchester the snap. The hold by Townsend. The kick is away and good! It appears that the wrong team won. Eagles played with everything they had. Eagles worked so hard to come here. They had an outstanding season. (laughs) I love you. I love you. Go celebrate with Tram. Frustration at its utmost. 
Okay, pretty cool listening to Jalen Hurts and Brandon Graham and that Eagles team as they went through this game. Let's flip to the other side, and we begin with number 87, the uncoverable, the always open with his thoughts when there is an open mic, Travis Kelsey, who chided all of us for doubting the Chiefs. Travis, I promise you, we will never do it again, you know, until you give us reason to. Travis Kelsey on the mic, Super Bowl 57. Here's how that sounded. Love you, big guy. Stay healthy, man. Love you, bunch. Mahomes in the pocket. Floats a pass near side. Kelsey over the shoulder. He's got the catch. He's got the touchdown. All right, little brother. Four, four, four. The Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57. I love you. Thank you, man. No, you're good. One of the year of my life. I love you, big guy. Yeah, I love you, too. Go celebrate. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Go celebrate with Trav. Okay. Mama! <laughs> <laughs> Mama! <I'm> so happy. <laughs> I love you, Mama. How about this, huh? I had the week of your life, I had the year of my life. How about this, huh? <laughs> I owe you my life, big guy. It's the best ever, man. And finally, we finish with a flourish. We finish with the champion. This is a long section of amazing audio, but I want to deliver it to you from start to finish. It's about five minutes worth. So settle in and listen closely to how it sounded on the field for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs as they found their way back into Super Bowl 57 and managed to get out ahead of the Philadelphia Eagles at the end and stay there for all Eternity, the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl 57 champions, the mic is yours. Hey, hey, you gotta love this right here. Let's go show the world who we are. From the get go, play for yourself, play for each other. Let's go out there and win a. Play for yourself, three, one, two, three. Let me take shit again, A million. A million tickets, a million hotel rooms. This is what it feels like, huh? Yes, sir. Pretty good. Great, baby. Wait till we win this. It's gonna take everybody. Let's go out there and find a way to drag our ass across the finish line. Let's go win a game. Mahomes in the pocket. Floats a pass near side. Kelsey over the shoulder. He's got the catch. He's got the touchdown. That's all day, dog. That's all day. That's all day. We're here. We're here. We're here. Way to set the tempo. All day, all day. Hey, one play at time, do us again. Be us, that's all we gotta do. Hey, hey! Something stupid's going on. A little trickery there, guys. The left side of the offensive line were standing and pointing. I think they were trying to fool the Eagles a little bit. Let's get it, baby, let's get it. Let's get it, love the moment, man. He'll scramble, he's at the 35, but he's ankle tackled there at the 36, and he's hurt. Mahomes is hurt. He'll get up limping. Mahomes may have hurt his ankle. He's favoring his right and hobbling dramatically. Oh, bro, limping. And a re-injured ankle here for Patrick Mahomes. He rolled it. What we were afraid of. He's in agony on the sideline right now. And he is hurt on that ankle. So an opportunity for Patrick Mahomes, rest up that ankle, come out, 
guns blazing for the second half. 24-14 Eagles, but I caution you, these are the Kansas City Chiefs, and Patrick Mahomes has picked himself out of some very difficult situations before. Let's get it, baby. 30 more minutes. 30 more. I need that energy, Ola, let's go. Big rush on Mahomes. Steps up on the pocket, throws it late, and a catch made by Kelsey yeah, at his go. shoe tops. Looked like he was moving fine there. Snap to Mahomes on second and three. Now he slips, stays alive, keeps the ball in the right hand. He'll run it. He's at the 15, got a first down, slips inside a defender, gets all the way to the Eagle five. Oh, my Pat! They hand it off, left guard, it goes, touchdown, Kansas City! And the Chiefs get a badly needed touchdown drive. When we get the ball, we go score. We go score, touchdown. Let's go, let's go. Yellow on you, orange on you, orange you. Don't do it left, dirty X out of 35, black corn dog. They're going to throw a quick pass to Tony. He's got it on the edge. He will walk into the end zone. Hey, hey, my goal, no. my goal. No. No. be great. Great call, great call, great call. We have to put up seven. We have to put up seven. Oh. Hey, Mike, 57 white. It's cover zero. Audible called by Patrick Mahomes. A fast left side, wide open, Sky Moore, touchdown! Kansas City on a pivot route! Give me that ball, take that ball, I got it. Let's go! Let's go, dog! I got you, baby. Hey, and we're in the wrong formation! I know we were. I know. That's why I went the motion to run. That's his. Let's go do it, A7. Let's go do it, dog. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You just be you. We don't gotta be nobody but us, dog. Here comes pressure to the outside. As Mahomes steps up, he's gonna scramble. He's at the 40, bad ankle 30, bad ankle 20. Tackled from behind down to the Eagle 18 yard line. Don't underestimate how tough Patrick Mahomes is. I promise you, we get a stop, we're world champs. We will go down and score. I promise you. Let's get it, baby. Let's get it. Third and eight. Mahomes takes the snap. He's back. He is firing. And it is incomplete, but there's a penalty flag thrown. What they call? Holding! 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 Prior to the pass, holding, number 24, defense, five-yard penalty, automatic, first down. It's a game. We're going to call that? The kick is away and good! The Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57! See nothing like you. You do it. <laughs> yes! Yes! You just won the oh. Super Bowl. Do you understand that? Oh. Your ass Shout out my teammates, baby. We're Super Bowl champs, baby. Let's go! You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with Steve Weich and Adam Rank. Adam Rank, I want you to uh, publicize yourself a little bit. An article that you wrote, which is now yep. uh, posted living on NFL.com. Very interesting. Bit of clickbait in terms of the title. Oh, of course. Five NFL players who should be traded. Something be to tra- that effect. Yes, should sir. be traded. On that list, you have DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. You have Jalen Ramsey. Yep. Very interesting article. Listener, please check that out. But I want you to just give me the 30-second elevator pitch for the trade. Trading of one Mike Evans from the aforementioned Bucks, nine straight 1,000-yard seasons, no longer TB12 throwing his way. Yep. Trade Mike Evans. Why and to whom? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not going to be competing for a Super Bowl this season. They don't have a quarterback. And when you look at other teams in the league, and I know people are like, he wants them to go to the Bears, which 
obviously, but he would be better off going to a team like the Dallas Cowboys, who last season made a mistake getting rid of Amari Cooper. And when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, they need to start mirroring what the Philadelphia Eagles did. The Philadelphia Eagles went all in. The Cowboys, if they want to be competitive, if they want to get back to their first Super Bowl since full house, the original was on the air. You need to go out there and start getting players like Mike Evans to build your team. I kind of like Mike Evans in a Dallas uniform. I like the looks of this. Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. Ooh, Detroit Lions. No, 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 no. Opposite yeah. Amon Ra St. Brown. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't it give back to the Dallas Cowboys what they were potentially foolish to let go in Amari Cooper? Different type of, different type of player. Obviously different type but, of player, but, but it, in it, terms of dependability. Yes, yes. I mean, but I still think Dallas has got to do some different things. Wide receiver would be great, but I think Mike Evans in a dome, the way Jerry Goff throws a deep ball, Thomas Ross, St. Brown, and some of those guys, the way they work under. They're going to have Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams. So he basically agrees with you. He, uh, yeah. just, I do agree. just saying, he's saying agree. trade, is saying trade Mike Evans I, and trade him to a team where blue and silver is the dominant color palette, just not <laughs> that blue and silver, <laughs> that blue and silver, Honolulu, in Detroit, I, not Dallas. I don't, I don't, I don't hate that situation. I mean, as a you know Chicago person, I would. Yeah, you really hate as a fan of sport and as somebody like a great situation for Mike Evans, the Lions would be perfect for that. Amazing. He, he's going to say, I thought you were going to say, oh, Odell to the Cowboys to start that up again. No, no, no. You haven't no, gone there no. in a minute. I, I, I avoided that. I wanted <laughs> yes, to be a realist. Well done. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to bring that up. No, no, no. I want to thank today's special guests, Adam Rank, Steve Weich. Guys, thank you so much for your time. And I want to invite all of you to join us again next week on Monday when we start to look at the scouting combine. First of all, we will have an update from the HBCU scouting combine, which will be taking place on Monday in New Orleans. And we will look ahead, of course, to the NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis. There are some guys that you are not talking about, you are not thinking about. They are not on your draft board, but they need to be. We We'll put them where they need to be on Monday. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. 
It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.